location. And some of you haven't been here before. Welcome to the uh, chaotic world of the boardwalk bowling. But inside this room is the people of God. Amen. Uh, turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter. Come on, honey. Chapter 2. In verse 9, which I always love because when you study the Bible and you really go, how, what, how do I really understand God and really Jesus wanted me to come to him, right? It's not just a emotional hope that you, you're willing to understand and see God, but once you do that and really decide to be humble to God's scriptures by faith, and read the Bible and then obey it as you believe and make decisions to deny yourself because when you realize Jesus' way and God's way is not going to be naturally your and my way yeah. because we have a sinful nature. Jesus doesn't. Yeah. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. Amen. Come on, honey. So in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yeah. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Amen. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. Amen, right? You're a disciple of Jesus. You know you can say with confidence, not because of what you did, because of your, your humility and obedience and faith to God's way through Christ, that you can say, I know I'm a people of God. That's amazing. Yeah. You know that you were once in darkness and you own it. And you go, yes, I know my darkness. I know my old life. Yes, now I really understood who I was. And I wasn't saved, even if I went to church all my life. Yeah. And believed in Jesus and prayed in the parking lot 75 times, calling him into my heart. Because that's not the plan. Belief is the beginning and belief is everything. But then repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The plan is for you who are here, those who are far off, and all the, all the Lord our God will call. The promise. He promised. This is a promise made by God since that. Amen. So it's incredible to be, to be here. And welcome to Family Midweek. Amen. And it's great to have visitors, family members from out of town. Chase has a family bigger than this. Than, uh, I think all of New York's from. I think there must be a go in every 10 people. I love the family. But you know, when you come to family midweek, you got trying to negotiate. Taylor comes in with a with her with a daughter yeah. on one arm. He's like, I'm ready to do the welcome. Oh, okay. like, see, when you're a disciple, God gives you that tenacity yeah. to handle anything with boys. And although a single mom is to be honored no matter what, that's a hard deal. Yeah. Single dads too with children. Yeah. But man, you look at you, double fisted. Here you go, I'm fired up with God. Double fisted with you kids. So I want to talk about just something short, and then uh, what I want to do is, you know, we're here in these bowling alleys are outside if you want, or fellowship, or pool, or whatever, have some some fellowship, or just fellowship. But have some fun. But uh, one, one question I have. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Marcos. 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 Can you break down Leviticus 7? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just 
human conventional wisdom on should I buy this car that will have a $300 payment Dang. or this car <laughs> that will have a $212 payment. <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. What are you looking at? Are you honest or letting the emotions of the euphoria of the new whatever is coming out of that oh. car? It's almost like Satan going, get it, no matter what, get it. And then you drive home and you're excited and you take people out. And then after the first week, you get the paperwork sent to you in the mail. And then you're just struggling because your budget's not fitting. Oh, yeah. And we perhaps have made those decisions in our past, but you don't enjoy what you bought, do you? Right. You can't even enjoy it. It's like a misery. You go, I love it. Look at my car. But subconsciously, you're like, oh, I can't afford it. That's decision making. Yes. But what happens if you make a decision that's great and someone, uh, someone steals your car? Or someone oh. destroys it and beats it down with a hammer and scratches the tar? Oh. Yeah, the Bible says, well, what if you didn't have that part of the insurance where you didn't have that, that Mother Nature insurance? Or what about if someone keyed your car and you had insurance but now you have bitterness? That's a trial. That's a trial. You have to have a soft heart. You have to be willing to forgive. That hurts when you're violated. But what does it say? When you face trials of many kinds, what do you do? That's, that's such an oxymoron. That's such, a, that's such an oxymoron for human thinking. You have to go to faith with God. Because it's almost like, why would someone say this? If you didn't have faith in God, and just one human to another with never understanding God saying, hey, jump up and down when challenges and grievances and problems come your way. Well, But see, with God, it's not like this world. We have to think and go, God is, has us. We trust in God no matter what. Yes. And as you make decisions, you realize the whole thing is you're going to be producing perseverance. Yes. You know, you can't you can look at the definition and explain what perseverance means, but you cannot explain what it means until you've faced a problem brought on by yourself, by your own consequences, amen, yeah. live and learn, or just something that happened out of the blue and it wasn't your fault, and no matter what, it's just bad, God allowed a bad thing to happen. Yeah. Because guess what? Bad things happen to good people. Yeah. yeah. But, not, but God's people are always protected. God allows or causes everything. So amen. you look at this. And you go, well, how mature am I? Well, however you respond to a consequence, really, be honest, that's who you are spiritually. Yeah. If you fly off the hand and stress out naturally on whatever happens consistently, you're immature spiritually. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I hate owning that, but that makes me go, next time I'm going to be better. And it makes me go, I don't want to be immature. <laughs> Do you? tongue and when I get something happen I gotta go who was I and then if I blow it I go and then I obviously God willing God says you gotta forgive or humble out or say sorry yeah but then after that you gotta also I always like to uh, assess how am I doing yeah well that was immature and then I go okay I want to grow God I need more strength Amen. because that's what it is it's it's letting the problems in the testings of your faith, are you really there, God? I prayed, what's going on? The season, the timing's never going to be on. We look at timing, we want it now when we want it now. Yeah. And we want it now. Oh. Until you get older, you look decades, you're like, wow. 
you, like when you look at people in the Bible that God stayed with, why did he do that? He didn't just pick those people out of favor. Like David's life, Moses' life, uh, Joseph's life. Yeah. Apostle Peter's life, the disciples who followed for three years plus. Peter's followed for like 30 years. He writes again first, you know, all the, the story of Acts is like 30 some odd years of Peter. Yeah. Why? Because he wants you to see normal human beings and how they respond, how they repent, how they overcome, and how they deal. Amen. And it's not just about them. It's about who are you? You are. If, if you're talking, looking at Joseph in prison that was wrongly accused, he shouldn't be there. It's not fair. Then that's who you, you need to put yourself there because that's how you need to go. Who am I in that situation? Yes. It's not a story to read about him and go, wow. No, that's why God does that. Right. Yeah. So we can relate and go, God is going to be there for me. Amen. It's the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Do you Amen. guys believe that, church? Yes. Come on, Chris. It's awesome, bro. Let perseverance finish its work. Amen. Yeah. And so when you have a trial or a challenge and you work through it and you look back, no matter if you did well, didn't do well, or you need to do better, God's grace is there. But now you're still alive. So what are you learning for it? You're either going to get better or you're going to stay bitter. Oh. And if you look at it and go, the grace of God is still alive. Yeah. And even if you don't know whose fault it was, and you still think it was someone else's fault, maybe you're learning forgiveness. Yes. But whatever, God wants you to learn, not go, why did that happen? He wants you to go, what am I supposed to learn, good God, dear Father God that loves me? Yes. That's, you know, that's when you say that when you don't know why and it's hurting. Amen. Yes. yes. But then it says, well, I need more than that in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, I think, why does it say it after that? Because what? When we're in the middle of a trial, yeah. you're going to lack wisdom. Yeah. And if you just stay in yourself or don't go to God and don't have quiet times and pray and maybe get advice from other godly people that will help you, maybe just encourage you through it. Sometimes the best thing, there's no answers. You just got to be encouraged to stay the course and be faithful. Yes. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Yes. I don't know how many people miss that scripture. To this day, I pray. For, I try to pray for wisdom every day. Yes. You know why? Because the more I walk with God, I need it. Yes. And I don't go, God, what should I eat today? Oh, good. I go, God, help me make decisions over my with my family, my wife, church. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a child without you. Help me, help me, help me. And then I pray specifically about the things that are in my guys and your work scope. Your family, your life, your household, your responsibilities, you give that to God. And what are you saying? You're saying, God, give me wisdom because you admit humbly that you lack it. It's fine. Yeah. Doesn't mean you doesn't mean you're saying I don't know anything. Because right. hopefully you're growing and learning. Yeah. But you do lack it if you're honest because you're a human being. Amen. And you say, God, help me. Yeah. And what does it say? God says, well, I'll see if I got time. I've already given you pretty much wisdom this month. You're running out. You've got to wait till the next oh. month and hit reset. Oh. No. Look at our God. <laughs> Ask God who gives generously. Yeah. See, our God is a generous God. Yeah. In every area, if you stay faithful over your life, yeah. First of all, he's so generous, he gave us eternal life. Everybody who's a disciple of Christ, baptized into Christ, has the gift of eternal life. And you know what? It's hard to even fathom how amazing that is. And I can't even say this, but I try to think, because, you know, I like creativity and stuff. So I think if I, made, I, think if I could make a movie that we all died, and we, I could really try to say we're up in heaven now, and we're looking at each other, and I'm like, Paula, was it worth it? 
It's hard to even say, we know we're going to say it, but oh my gosh, would you regret one time, one thing that you did for God in a generous way? No. Come on, Chris. And we all agree with that, but right now it's hard to, you know what I mean? But we're yeah. going to say, we're going to go, what? Yes. It's hard to even think forever and ever and ever when we only see people die after, you know, 70, 80, 90, it's rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. We saw our ancestors all die like that. And we go, how can you think forever and ever and ever? But God says that. Yeah, he does. So we ask, we ask, and says God's going to give without any fault, and we've given to you. Now, you got to understand, you got to be in line with striving to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. and God's will be done. Jesus' greatest prayer was, thy will be done. He taught us, right? Yeah. So you learn to go, God, you got my needs, but I'm not going to be self-centered. I'm going to start to learn to go, Father, you are God Almighty. Hallowed be thy name. I Amen. worship you. Who am I? Like Sunday when I said, hopefully you feel that way if you're, who am I? If you don't feel that, then maybe you need to get closer to the cross yeah. and revisit the cross as a disciple and just sit in that and go, I can't believe I'm saved because you don't need to feel bad about yourself, but you got to be grateful. Yes. Yeah. Come on, you're honey. grateful, you're the one, thy will be done. So the wisdom is going to help me be doing your will, but all the areas of my human life, income, food, shelter, children, marriage, life, co-workers, whatever. Go, God, help me to have wisdom to make solid decisions so I can still obey you and give you glory and everything that you bless me with is a platform to serve you. Yes. Now that's a prayer. Come on, Chris. Because he says he's going to give that generously. Yes. He says, but when you ask, look at that, but when you ask, and this is the real acid test, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Sometimes people misunderstand that. Because he says, God, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And you know what's so amazing about the Bible? It uses a lot of explanations, whether you were a seaman or a woman or not. We've all seen movies. We know what it looks. We've been to the water. We know what, we can already envision a, 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 a ship or a thing being tossed back and forth in great waves. No control. No control which direction you're going. You're just, you're completely no control. You're moving here and then all of a sudden it takes you here. No one, because you're just like back and forth. You're just unstable. Wow. You make decisions. You have no, your integrity is not good. Your yes is not your yes. You say yes to this person and then next week it's, oh, I forgot or I'm not doing it. That's unstable. Yeah. See, your yes is your yes and you learn to build a character. Amen. And if you blow it, you call up and say, I'm sorry. You don't wait for someone to go, what happened? You go, oh man, I'm sorry. I got to tell you, I'm so sorry. Yes. I dropped the ball. I forgot. Yes. That's Come humility. On. Come yes. on, Chris. But when you pray, you're saying, listen, man, you understand? It almost sounds harsh, but God's not harsh until you understand the depth of what He's saying. You can't pray or even ask until you study the Bible and are in God's Word walking in faith. Because emotionally and sincerely, you're going to mean what I'm saying. Yeah. But you don't have the, the anchor of the root of the faith that God gives you by obedience to even be able to say that prayer and know you're going to be able to hold on. Yes. That's why so many people emotionally crowd to God and get bitter because they don't know why God's not answering. Because they, He doesn't answer because you don't obey and you don't, you're, you, don't, you don't know and you don't understand. And that's why He wants you to understand by really seeking God by His Word and, 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 and help each other. Follow God's plan to be in biblical faith. Yes. By the way, the only saving faith is biblical faith. Yeah. Find is Jesus, correct? That's yeah. right. So he says, you ask, you must not, you must believe and not doubt. 
verse 6. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of sea tossed and blown from the sea. And he says that person should expect, should not expect to receive anything. Anything wow. from the Lord. Wow. And then he goes on and says that person's double-minded. That person's a double-minded and stable. How do you know if you're that way? Well, this is what I said. It's kind of like how you are with people is how you are with God. The greatest commandment is first and foremost with God. Right. There's not even another human being existing in that commandment. It's love God with all your heart. So want to think, how do you do that? You, you have to love God's word and promises and why you believe what God says. Then when you pray, you're moved by what God says. Yes. And, it's, and actually even about Jesus, it says, we love God because he loved us first. Amen. Because we understand what Bible, what God's word says about Jesus. Yes. But then we understand, and that's how you get the heart and understand, because you can't just wishy-washy go, I know you're up there. Yes. So when you hold to the promises of God, you believe, or you don't. Yep. So if you pray, and you mean it sincerely, but it's just emotion, and then you don't obey, God doesn't tolerate that. Yeah. And that's, you're going, that's not fair. No, it's really fair. Because you're basically not a person of your word with God. It's not that you didn't, you know, sin, we need grace. But intention, you can't just keep punching someone in the face and saying, sorry, and then I want to pray again. Sorry, I want to pray again. No. That's like ridiculous. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Come on, bro. So how do you do that? That's a bold prayer. Yeah. You have to meet God where you're at. Maybe perhaps as a young disciple, you can't even pray that bold yet. You know what? Pray for God to help you get to that point in faith to pray bold. Yeah. Sometimes you emotionally, even as a disciple, you can't pray just because you're a disciple emotionally. Because if your faith doesn't meet that, it just it's, 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 you're already subconsciously going, I don't really believe it. Yeah. You may not say that, but it's not. You, you put these extreme like goals before you. you got to get wisdom on that. God can do anything. Yeah. But you got to be ready to take the answer. No, maybe, not yet. Yeah. Those are the answers. Come on. Amen. Or you don't understand. You're still not in the right line. I'm going to help you. Or you need to be disciplined for the next five years. I'm bringing in trials, and you're going to be ticked no. off. But I see in your heart deeper than you do, and I want to see you grow and be pruned out. Come on, Come on Chris. I'm not saying that can happen, but that's happening. Yeah. Anybody who's a for any time along looks at good times, bad times, and even when they look back, the bad times now are good times because they learned in hindsight, yeah. God, you were already there. Amen. I can say anything that's challenged me, even if it's been my own fault, or the fall of my sin. I've come down, God willing, uh, humbly and repentant or perseverant with the help of brothers and sisters encouraging me. Amen. I can say everything. I wouldn't change one thing. Amen. And I think any disciple would say that. You look back, you wouldn't say, I want to change that. When you came out, you're just in a place where there's still maybe pain. Might even be a scar. Yeah. Emotional scar. From somebody you love that didn't change or didn't make it. You can't change people. You can pray for them. It doesn't mean they're not, doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Prayer is powerful. Yes, prayer is powerful. The person should not expect anything from the Lord. Well, that's what I'm saying here. How do you pray? When you pray, you, it's how much do you believe God's word? Amen. You believe God's word despite your life and emotions. And when you deny yourself and obey, that's the power. Now look down in James. Continue with me down. because it, it even says that in James 1. You guys with me? Yes. In James 1, it's so cool because it goes down farther, farther, far, farther. And, and it says here, 
Uh, if you pop down to uh, in verse one, it goes down from the temptations, and then it says, in, in yeah, chapter one, uh, if you drop down in verse uh, twelve, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Amen. Come on, come on. Oh, you. Can you hear me? Yeah. My dad got a new hearing aid. Yeah. My dad got his new hearing aids installed today, and he can hear like night and day. Wow. That was really so, the good uh, news. I should have said the good news, but you were too busy. <laughs> oh, good. Now he's alive in the church. <laughs> the one who perseveres. The one who perseveres, not blesses the one who's saved by grace, even though we are. Grace is persevering in it. Come on. Grace is saying yes and obeying even if you don't feel like it. That's strong in the grace. Yes. Come on. Blessed is the one who perseveres. Wow, under trial. Under trial. It's hard. I don't know the answers. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. There's no one here. You trust in God. You're holding on to every word of God. You're learning to go, I need the promises of God. Yes. You know how many times I needed to read Matthew 6, 25 through 33? Yes. Do not worry. Yes. And periods of my life, whether it's my children, my life, something going wrong, whatever. I'm worried. I'm a disciple. Oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm sinning. Yes, I'm worried. And I'd have to read that Jesus says, do not worry about your life. <laughs> I'd have to stop and go, God, can you be more specific? Because <laughs> right now I'm struggling. Do not worry about your life. That's yeah. what he starts off with. Once you wear your fur and clothes, but then he gets down. Hey, I've never been without food, clothing, or shelter. No. And that's really what God promises. Most of us have more than that. And maybe we're, maybe our need is greed. Maybe we need to understand. Is, oh. ours, is, our, is our vision or expectation? Nothing wrong with shooting the stars, but are you grateful? Because God promises faithful disciples will have food, clothing, and that's shelter. That's Amen. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Come on, Chris. But the, the thing I want you to see is that you can't blame it on Satan either. Why? I think in 13 he brings that up because maybe when we're really struggling, we want to say the devil's doing this. Oh. Well, maybe God's allowing him to be involved. But it says, when tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each worship is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desire. evil desire and enticed. Then after... Uh, desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So, you can't say the devil, you know, God, God is tempting you. And sometimes you can go in a trial or whatnot. No, God's not hurting you. He knows you're going to handle it. You just may not believe in yourself that God knows. You have to be pruned out of that. See, shifting by wind, you may think it's more than I can handle. God, why are you? No, God's saying, you think you don't understand. You think you can't do this, you poor little baby. You're feeling sorry for yourself. I'm pruning out self-pity as well. No. We all have it. Yeah. And you know what? It's really hard to see it when you have it. 
Self-pity is you don't think anybody cares. No one's there for you, everything. And, and everybody's loving you and they don't understand because inside you're thinking that way. Yeah. Self-pity is a terrible, wicked sin. Yes. Come on. Because God doesn't tempt you. He says you did it and you failed to be obedient and you decided to leave God's path and not obey. Because your own sinful desire of lack of trust, I'll do it my way, I'm not following it, or whatever, was your issue. And you, that's where you got to stay humble, right? Because it's hard as a disciple to go, my own evil desire. It's like, I want to say, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple 28 years, then I read that, my own evil desire. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I do have evil desire still that I have to now keep at bay and recognize more and more. Yeah. That's what we all need to do. Yeah. We're not cured. We're not cured. We're saved sinners trying to help unsaved sinners be humble to God's message. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's what we are. I'm a saved sinner now willing to go, I agree with you, God. I agree with what you say is sin. Help me when I see my sin. Help me. Yes. Versus people that are just living in sin and prideful and just don't even want to hear the word but still claim they're right. That's yes. self-proclamation of self-deception. Yes. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. How many people we know that do that? Many of us did that. I know I'm right with God. If God knows my heart, I know. And then after I studied the Bible, I went, Woo, God knows my heart. Let me get right. Because when you say that with confidence, God knows my heart, you should be going, oh, he does know my heart. I need to be saved. I need to be a disciple. Right? So let's go, let's let's fall in. Let's go to Psalm 32:1, and we're coming for a landing here. Come on, honey. Awesome. So double-minded. I want to challenge you guys as family and disciples. We all need to grow in this. The world is a terrible place to be in. But God said, as saved sinners, you're going to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. So you're not supposed to hide or isolate. We need to be in the world with the armor of God on us. Yes. The world is lacking in character more and more. Yes. The world does, like I was even saying in my older days, my younger days, I was saying, man, even the, I, I realized the world and the incompetence is helping my lack of patience. Because if someone's incompetent, is it an excuse for me to be an attitude or, in, or have an attitude? No. No, I can recognize, whoa, and then i got to go instead of look at them and be critical, i got to go, okay, go. I need to talk to somebody else. And I realized I was telling Earl, well, in the kingdom, I'm challenging the brothers and sisters to learn to have character and be on time, do what they say they're going to do, and don't follow the world's rules. Even when they teach people at work, they don't have the mentality, the service of customer service, you go, people are on the phone. Excuse me, can I talk to you? Do you see me? Forgive me, God. Do you see me? People don't have a sin. They, they just, they, I cannot believe it. When I was a manager, when I was like 20, I was, when I became a worker as a busboy at 13, they would teach you to go greet the customer, look for issues, look around. I mean, I, it's just not there anymore. I'm just saying, amen, you can complain all your life, or you can go, I'm the kingdom of God, I'm going to let God build my character. Yes. And then I'm not going to be critical, but I'm going to help everybody do it as best yes. I can because we're a godly people. Yes. But if we look at Psalm 32. Come on, Chris. In verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you and, sur and, and surround, excuse me, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, 
but must be controlled by bit and brittle, oh, wow. bridle, excuse me, or they will not come to you. Oh, wow. This is what God's saying, what we used to look like. Before I became a disciple, even though I thought I wasn't that bad with yeah. God, but I didn't know the word, I realized really if I was honest, when I became a disciple and started really changing, I was like an unbroken horse that no one could ride. Because that's what it says. Don't be like a horse or a mule which have no understanding and must be controlled. You know, you know how they have to break a horse? Yeah. They have to get on it and help it be ride. You know, has anybody ever horse buck ride in here? Yeah. yeah. I tried to fly back. Yeah, in Arizona, I'm from Arizona. Yeehaw. <laughs> they have horses out there. I can't do any more. I can't, you know, sell my motorcycle, my iron horse. But that's what he says. God's saying, until you're willing to be humble and not unstable and double-minded, he wants you to be not only uh, compliant, he wants you to trust him and be willing. It says, it, it says, I will instruct you and teach you, but how? You've got to be willing. Because before you didn't have understanding, but you need to understand and you really believe God's truths are truth. Then you won't, you won't sin consistently. Because when you break and sin, it's because you struggle. If you're still struggling with unbelief or doctrinal issues, get open because God sees it. Get in the Bible. There's not one thing that can't be answered clearly. It's your problem. Maybe your sentimentality for people you grew up in. Oh, is everybody not saved? I don't know. All I can tell you is, you know what? If someone asks me who's saved, I say anyone who becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ, the way the Bible teaches, repents and is baptized for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and is walking faithfully in the light as a people of God in His church, evangelizing the world, wanting to be one church, unified, working together with churches around the world with perfect unity under God and humble. Yes. Those are saved people. Let me tell you, don't be a Bronkin Bronco. Bronkin Bronco. You might say, I'm not. I've been a disciple 10 years. Well, you know what? When you're challenged with something once in a while, I see you kind of go like this. And those of us that rode a horse, horses are so powerful. When you're on the horse, and if you ride a horse with, like, if you go for, like, a tourist thing, my dog, my sister is a, is a wrangler. Yeah. She's many things, but she's a wrangler. She is a wrangler. She has her own horse, truck, pulls her horse around. Her husband's a corporate lawyer, owns his own firm, so on one side of the coin, you never know it. But when she gets dressed, she has many hats. She's like in society, high society, intellectual, degree, merc. But then she goes out in the desert. She works with the cow hands, and we went out there. I couldn't go this last time because I'm injured, but I watched Chase and Cassidy and Sonia get on the horse, and she took them. She's got the chaps. She looks like Annie Oakley. I mean, not only she knows what she's doing, she grabs the reins. Come on, follow me. She's okay. Yeah. But when the people are falling on the reins, the beginner, they go, hold the reins and pull it back when you want them to stop. And you got, and then somebody, the horse starts going, and the person's not pulling back. She has to come in and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. She grabs the reins and stops the horse. She goes, you got to be stronger. You got to let the horse know who's in control. Yeah. And see, God is really the person sitting on the horse, really. Yeah. And are you still trying to go, I, you're not letting him easily control you. Wow. You may not even say that, but that's what happens when you're not obedient. Yeah. And you're not humble in the word. And that comes through not just the Bible. When we disciple one another, we're serving God. Are you willing to step yes. up? Are you willing to be instructed without being explained to every time and try to be convinced as a disciple yes. to raise up and do great things? Yes. You know why? 
Because that's what God says. Yes. And he says, don't do that. He says, don't be like that. And this is David talking after he's been broken again over his sin. Yeah. I can't go into it now, but he's been broken. He was leading. He was doing well. But he had to be broken again. He became that horse that acted like he was leading right and in deep sin. Yeah. And he had to be broken by God. And you know what? You don't want to be broken by God because God loves you so much. He'll do anything short of killing you if that's what it's going to take to be saved oh. or to repent because he loves you so much. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. He wants you to go, come on, let me instruct you. Yeah. And he says, don't be like that. He says in verse 9, don't be, do not be like the horse or the mule. And you know, a mule you can't even ride. <laughs> ever. I think a mule, if you're actually a mule, you're like the weed. You're, you're a false brother. Oh. I'm not saying that, but that's a mule. Like a mule can't ever be rode. <laughs> But, but, ridden, but a mule can be taught to pull the pack and follow on the horse. Oh, okay. So the mule can jump up and down too. <laughs> but why does it say this? What's it saying? The key is understanding. Yes. Do not be like a horse or mule which have no understanding. Right. What's the understanding? You must know the word of God and continue as you submit to God the Spirit Almighty. You can only do that by submitting to his words. Yes. And that's the understanding not only you get, but you grow and you keep. And you go back to. Yes. To keep you growing, to help you in times when you're wanting to be double-minded and the problems are here and you're going, ah. Someone has to help you calm down. Amen. And then look at verse 10 as we close out. Many are the woes of the wicked. Wicked biblically means unrepentant. Sin. Yes. You're wicked if you didn't repent because we're all wicked. Sin is wicked. So many of the woes of the unbroken person, the person that's not willing to submit, because the, yes. the disciple's not willfully wicked anymore, right? We, we acknowledge our sin. We want to change. Amen. But he's saying what, many are the woes of the wicked, which would mean the person who doesn't want to be controlled by God. Yeah. Or wants to act like they're controlled by God, but they don't want to be controlled by God. Yeah. Woes of the wicked. But the Lord's unfailing love surrounds what? The one who trusts him. Look at verse 11 after you get that. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous, sing, all you who are upright in heart. That's what it means. That's what it means to not be unstable and blown back and forth. You believe, you continue to believe, and the Holy Spirit that you've got at baptism continues to even grieve when you doubt and you wrestle and you repent when you're doubting. Yes. The Bible says the unbelieving, the murderers will go to hell. Yes. So it's not like when you're struggling, it's okay to wrestle with doubt, but you grab it. Amen. And you say, help me repent of doubt because you don't keep going back and forth. You're not, you're not mentally ill when you study the Bible. It wasn't oh. emotional. It wasn't Amen. an emotional response. You took time. People, we don't want, no one wants you to be part of God's church until you grasp it and go, yes, I believe and start to obey. And yes, I believe this is true. Yes. yes, I'm going to demonstrate it by I start to live out faith. Yes. And are you going to struggle? Yeah. Yes. We're all together in this. Amen. And that's why we'll say it again together in verse 11. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Yes. Sing all who have the upright heart. And, the God's, and, and God be the glory. And the church said, Amen. Amen. All right, guys, let's close out in a prayer. And then... Don't start any pool fights, but have fun. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the reminder of love, the reminder of your promises. Even seeing one another come together like-minded, we know 
that encourages us. That's your plan. We love you, God. Thank you for your kingdom. Be with us. Help us all to get home safe. Help us have great fellowship. Be with those who are studying the Bible. Help us to be gentle and respectful and patient, but not afraid to continue to really reiterate what the truth of your scriptures are and realize they can change. Everybody can change. No one's circumstance is not different. We need to all believe God can help us. Amen. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.